Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about It's high noon. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MutinyRadio.fm and .sf. And we are going to be streaming live with Glasgow, Scotland, and wherever John lives. <laughs> John Wessick lives somewhere. He has a new book out that you should get to. Um, he was reading it the other day, and I was scintillated by his book. We'll see what happens. We've got Aaron Gannon on the Zoom. We're going to get back to you with poetry. I've got, I mean, if you guys would be willing to help me workshop some stuff, I'm talking to Aaron in the background here. Uh, I I have some stuff that I, woof, it needs work. Uh, let's listen to some more commercials from Mutiny Radio. And in a few minutes, we'll be right back with CPCL, Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Zooming from all around the world here on MutinyRadio.fm. Advocate for tenants. The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio, in San Francisco. Black Black Plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Saturday. Noon to two. Every Saturday. All music. All night. ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out aclunc.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. We're going to get this going here. Yeah, let's see. I'm going to turn you up. There you are. Hey, keep talking. I'm doing some sound testing to get you good. Okay. Good to go. I'm sorry, I would have made you laugh, Steve, if I had known which one was which. <laughs> I don't really know shit about them. Although I do remember the song. It's a couple of years after I graduated college. Gonna love it, you're 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 gonna
jamming to TLC, thanks to Aaron Gannon all the way out there. Ooh, Beth's coming, yay! <laughs> Uh, Lisa Left Eye Lopez is the coolest one because she burned down the house of her NFL husband who was probably beating her up. Uh, you know, just things in the head, too many hits to the brain there, and they get a little crazy, those football players. Right, I always thought that lyric was really clunky. I just remember seeing the video of them, like, in some weird pond. Yeah, dancing in the pond. Hell well, yeah. yeah, they were on top of a waterfall. I think that, oh, that was Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. <laughs> this video, I tried to look for the official video when I was looking for the song, and I couldn't. It was, it was all just people, like, like put having had put together, like, Photoshopped together still photos of the band. Um, as opposed to the video, so I don't know. I think I saw a VH1 behind the music about them because I knew there was some sort of fire. Yes. She was a brave oh, woman. Not what that, happened? Not that what arson is okay. No, I guess she was, I mean, as I remember it, she was dating an NFL player or they were married, living together, something. And, um, hey, we all know now about traumatic brain injury and what it does to football players and it makes them, like, beat their wives and shit. Mm -hmm. And uh, she burned his house down. Well, there nice. you go. <laughs> there you go yeah tbi my husband my ex had tbi the one who killed himself so oh i can attest to it um all right welcome everyone who <laughs> to cpcl our new monthly every what is it the second wednesday of every month now that we're gonna do um andy is not feeling well so it's just Pam and Aaron. It's just old saw... Pam and Aaron. Did he make an announcement? I don't know. He 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 tweeted that he'd like not had any sleep last night. So, I guess, um, I guess yeah, he's probably not feeling under the weather. If uh, if that's you know, I've got a touch of the whiskey happened. flu. Ooh, just a just a just a <laughs> yeah. kiss, just a kiss of the whiskey flu. <laughs> I have a bit of, um, I suppose I have a bit of whiskey flu as well, but not too much. I stopped yeah. it around seven. So I was only, like, I just met a friend for her cocktails. So it really wasn't, but I was up at fucking nine. So anyways. Well, at, uh, least, at, have, least, you don't, at least you don't have the daiquiri diarrhea. That's the important thing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I don't think I've ever had a daiquiri. John, that's, oh, wow, not an image. Really? that's not an image we need. Why would you do that? <laughs> but I don't... Well, I, I, need, I needed something that started with the drambuie. I don't know. I mean, come on. Drambuie. Ugh. I have had drambuie. Drambuie diary is not as funny somehow. No, it's daiquiri not. Daiquiri is better. Daiquiri, yeah. Daiquiri is better. That's what happens when you get a Because cocktails are funny. Yeah, cocktails. The, the, the tequila tetanus. I don't know. I mean, what, what can we do here? <laughs> <laughs> Tecate. Um, Tecate trots. The Tecate trots. The Scotch scurvy. 
But the Jameson jitters. that, John, really. The Jameson jitters. Um, all right. So since it's just the four of us or five of us, are we down for doing a crisis? You want to read first? How do you want to do this? What? I'm down for whatever people are down for, to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I just need to find where I put my notebooks. I swear I picked it up and I'm sitting on it. What's going on with that? <clears throat> I'm down to read so I want to hear I want to hear more from John's novel. All right. Yeah, let's I want to I was like if we got time I want to hear as much of John's novel as he's willing to read. I'm like what's oh, okay. What's happening on the plane with the president? Oh, yeah, hold on. Let me pull the novels. Yeah, me. I've got like I've got all the fence speak planning here happening. Mm -hmm. We've got some exciting shit. Good. Yeah. I've written a couple of things since um since the last yeah. meeting so i do actually have new shit for once so, yeah. yeah. as, <laughs> as do i and my stuff is it needs help so any any comments that if anyone wants to help me out at the end if if you think things are too um i i get wordy right omit unnecessary words mm, <laughs> yes that's that's the easiest part actually you know it's Mm. I don't know. Well, I not my not my own work. Somebody else's work. Yeah, that's true. When, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I was going over the manuscript for the for the the rock opera this week, and I was just like, "This is like this can like it was really difficult to kind of be like, all right, like this actually is just repeating the same information. Like I put, you know." <laughs> Like I don't, I don't need this extra fucking tortured. Po like, yeah, it was getting a little out of control. But I didn't miss because when you, especially with poems, you work so hard on all the like, you know, getting the line breaks and all that crap that you, I, yeah, I think it's easy to get really, like, much to attach to. You fall a poem. in love with your work. You don't want to murder your yeah, work. Exactly. Yeah. Kill your darlings. That's but you know, I mean there's there, there are a lot of words that just don't do any work, right? I mean that's 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 the thing. And you know, yeah. it's you know if I'm in a read read and critique, the easiest thing I can do is just look at somebody's poems and just cross out the words that don't do any work. Yep, exactly. The word cross out words that don't do any work. All right, well who wants to go? John, you wanna go? You wanna start? Sure, sure. Um so yeah, I, I think uh, I, th I think I read from the Shadow Killers uh, the last time I read from my novel. Uh, this is the the, the follow-on, the, the Prague deception. And, you know, like I said, the, the Shadow Killers is kind of an allegory for the Trump years. And then the Prague deception is um, kind of deals with, uh, you know, kind of betrayal and, and reconciliation. And uh, I, I structured it a lot like Citizen Kane. So it starts out with a massacre. If you're sensitive about that, then you know. With its peaked roof and onion dome turret, the three-story villa perched atop a grassy hill looked like it belonged in a fairy tale or nightmare. Concrete steps with steel railing led to what used to be its off-center front door. The Mon 50 remote-controlled mine had demolished what wet did that when it projected hundreds of steel bearings into the bodies of the raiding team. Half dozen dead lay mangled on the blood-stained porch. 
They'd met their doom before they had time to register a surprise. All wore black uniforms, balaclavas, helmets, and bulletproof vests with the word Polisee in gold. The triangular patches with cross swords, eagle, and a parachute on their sleeves identified them as members of Erna, the Czech police forces elite SWAT team. Inside, more carnage. Two team members lay dead in the entryway, their HK-416 assault rifles by their sides. A third slumped over the railing where the stairs had collapsed. Blood soaked his uniform and dripped, sounding like a ghastly metronome onto the floor below. Shell casings littered the worn hardwood floor on the second story. A gunman with a long beard lay in a pool of blood on the staircase to the third floor, where a hallway connected three bedrooms. Inside the largest, a huge man, Anton Gruber, wrapped his hands around CIA officer John Clooney's neck. A gash on Clooney's forehead gushed blood into his eyes, and his clothes were ripped and stained with sweat. As Gruber's squeeze, Clooney's face went from red to purple. He drove his forearm into Gruber's elbows and thrust his knee into the big man's groin. Gruber smiled, lifted Clooney off his feet, and tossed him across the room. Clooney landed on a table that splintered under the impact. Desperate to stop Gruber, Clooney scrambled for the Glock 19 pistol in the corner and came up with it raised. Second chapter. There was no banter while Dr. Kilmer and his advisors waited for the technician to set up a secure video feed with the deputy director of operations. Despite numerous tries, the flat panel monitor and the skiff displayed only a test pattern of multicolored rectangles. Okay, try it now, the technician said to his counterpart in the White House over a telephone. Nah, still not getting sync. I'll try rebooting. William Tate sipped cold coffee while looking at the officials sitting around the cramped conference table. The air was stale and smelled of desperation. Dr. Kilmer, newly bald from a round of chemotherapy, occupied himself with cleaning his wire-rimmed glasses. Tate was wise to Kilmer's tricks. His supervisor affected several mannerisms that allowed him to think before speaking a useful tactic in espionage. As for his advisors, through decades of bureaucratic knife fights, most had perfected poker faces. They wouldn't give anything away. This was Tate's strategy, too. Until he understand the moving pieces, it was best to stay silent and let Dr. Kilmer do the talking. The wait seemed like hours, but in reality, it only took 15 minutes before the DDO's face appeared on the video monitor. He was an odd-looking man who wore his thinning red hair close-cropped. It's a real shitstorm here, Gene, the DDO told Dr. Kilmer. In addition to our kidnapped ambassador, nine members of a NATO ally are dead in an ambush we sent them into. Prime Minister Novotny is furious and states having little success calming him down. Can you summarize what we know so far? The raid on the group that took our ambassador was a setup, sir. Dr. Kilmer put on his glasses and tucked the lens cleaning cloth into his vest pocket. A private contractor we'd used for decades sold us out. 
What do we know about him? Name's Anton Gruber, German, born in Dresden, then part of East Germany, fluent in English, Spanish, and Russian, as well as his native German. He worked as a border patrol guard in Frankfurt, the one on the east at the Polish border, not ours. He seemed to have had some kind of falling out with the Stasi before he escaped to the West. He did some drug enforcement work for the West German equivalent of the FBI, the BFV, and then went to Argentina, where he had dealings with the BND, their foreign intelligence service. Anyway, years later, Harold London brought him on board as a private contractor. Harold London is a legend, the counselor. One of Dr. Kilmer's advisors exclaimed, when I was in Islamabad, I heard he traveled all over Iraq, posing as a Russian technician to sabotage Saddam Hussein's air defenses. Then there is a time he planted a bomb in Slobodan Milosevic's cat. Would have worked, too, if the damn politicians hadn't lost their new nerve. Dr. Kilmer gave Kunstler a wiggling look to shut him up. Any more details about the Stasi connections? The DDO asked. All East Germans had Stasi connections, sir, Dr. Kilmer said. True enough. Who was the officer on the scene? John Clooney, sir. Where is he now? On administrative leave, pending investigation. All right. Find out what happened. I'll bring the Special Activities Center in and try to keep the politicians off your back. I can only delay the latter for a while, so you'd better act quickly. Keep me posted, Gene. Will do, sir. When the video feed went blank, Dr. Kilmer asked impressions. When I was in Islamabad, we knew how to smoke out traitors, Kunstler said. Tate suppressed a snort. To say Kunstler's politics were like those of Attila the Hun would be an insult to the chieftain who'd sacked Rome. Oddly enough, Kunstler had taken Tate under his wing when he was one of the few black officers at the agency. People were full of contradiction. Your methods didn't work too well with Al Balawi, did they? Stephanie Remick sniped back at Kunstler. Her comment referred to a supposed double agent who turned out to be a suicide bomber. Like many women her age, Remick wore colorful scarves to conceal the wrinkles on her neck. She was smart, capable, and never repaid Tate for all the cups of coffee he brought her. We need a damage assessment to determine if other operations have been compromised. Is there any chance that Clooney was in on it? Dr. Kilmer asked. No, sir, Tate said. I'd stake my reputation on it. You have. In any case, we need to think about the optics here. How long does Officer Clooney have until retirement? Dr. Kilmer asked. Six years, sir, Tate replied. Let's ship him off to Thule Station, Kunstler suggested. He can spend what's left of his career counting penguins. Penguins live in Antarctica, not the Arctic, Doug, Remick said. What am I, a biologist? Kunstler said, fine. Heaven counts seals and caribou then. Steph, see what you can dig up about Gruber from this end. And if Clooney's dirty, I want to know about it. Dr. Kilmer turned to Tate. Will, even though it's been years since you've been in the field, this is your mess to clean up. Better act. And there you go. I'll post some links uh, in the chat. He plant a bomb in Milosevic. I did say that, I was yes. Like, I don't know, you're a genius. Just kind of brushed over. Oh, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he totally did. <laughs> he totally did. Oh, my God. Well, thanks, everybody. Thank you, John. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Why is the chat thing being so silly? 
No volunteers. I don't know why I just said that. That puts like in some right. indiscernible accent. Usually I go. Usually I default to Muppet. No volunteers. <laughs> I don't know where the Natasha came from. I think I think you need to volunteer. It's from Pam you. It's from listening to your story. Pam, Pam, big Pam, Pam has some new shit, so I think Pam needs to go. Plus, AJ said she had some new shit. I, I can. I mean, I'm. I'm. No, I'm let happy AJ to go. go with you. Yeah, okay. Good point. Good point. Who wants? I'm. I'm. I'm not gonna be like. I'm not gonna like. I'm. I'm happy. Whichever. If. If. If people want to go. You know. Do people want me to go now? Or. Yeah. I think. I think I want you okay. to go now. AJ. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um. So. Yeah. I have. Uh. Two poems. Uh. That I've written since. Uh. The last. Uh. The last. One of these. And. They're both kind of similar. They're both on the same tip as a lot of stuff that I've been writing lately, which is I'm working on this thing which is like heavily inspired by paranoid readings of contemporary politics might be one way of putting it. Um, and these are both, well, the first one actually is about a guy who's uh, been in the news today um not boris johnson uh this is uh, a guy who is british but i understand the americans are very very interested in him at the moment um and he's a character who has at least one credit card in the name of mr inverness so this is mr inverness is tired but at least he sweats alone no one around to catch him out by tweeting pics of sodden shirts. No one to tell him how the case is going, which papers today have decided he should be cut loose. He turns on the telly, forgets it was tuned to the news, sees a protester's cavalry clashing with police in a country whose ruler's son bought one of his houses, throwing an extra three million in for a few of Jeff's signature sweeteners. He switches it off. He doesn't want all these reminders of the way his world has started shrinking, pours more whiskey, thinks about the better times, late nights at Haviland, with the man whose statue he unveiled, one island over from the place where one masked monster took a fall to keep the other faces hidden. Masks. They used to joke about them, safe in their unhooded anonymity, their very Kubrick Christmas parties. It doesn't need to be a costume. What else? Has he ever worn? Mr. Inverness's first name on that credit card, by the way, is Andrew. So uh, <clears throat> put those together. And this is a poem about a cafe in Edinburgh that caught fire recently. Uh, it's called The Burning of the Elephant. Strictly protected. She'll tell you the story all came to her on a train. The owner will go to the papers, gush about 
saving the table, but why in his first edition can't be found? The cultists will claim it was arson. They have such quaint ideas, these people, of causality. The only place that got to print the legend on its legend since her brother-in-law's property became a Chinese buffet went on fire, they say, round here, with knowing intonation. Like the School of Art. No word on Muriel's location this time, but the spark, they say, caught from the basement of the woman in room four. Why don't you come on over, said the paintings and statues of Indian animals, fetishized like Joanne's Mensa, showing off like Maratha treasures plundered by the royal Scots sick of being implicated in her veneration, sick of cues of tourists, sick of chintzy white folks saying how exotic it all looked, oh how bohemian and quirky, longing for some peace and quiet, they rejoice to burn. And if you're picking through the ashes and the rubble, in the hope of finding footsteps or forensic spur, a connection to the photographs retweeted from her door, you will not find them where your eyes and fingers scrabble. But there is a footprint here, which you cannot see the way fish don't see water. There are things that move in ways we see by implication only, that use people as their moving path and happen in a dozen or a hundred spots at once. Take a ruler, draw a line from here to her Barnton house to kill a chassis. Plot the times. Of course, you can't. Some days you cannot see yet, since to you, they haven't happened. And that's the end of that one. Um, Fish don't see water. I love that. I think that that's kind of like a, a David Foster Wallace reference, slightly. You know, he he has that that lecture that he gave. You know. Oh yeah, that's fish, that fish a great don't fish, fish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a tragedy that guy, you know. I mean, you know, you read that lecture and you think he's so so together and stuff, and then then he ends up killing himself. It's like, wow. Yeah. Maybe I should read Infinite Jest this year. Oh, I, I read that. I, I actually I actually like that. I you know I I, I thought it, thought it was great. I didn't get it. I was like, come on, man. What are you doing? Rough stuff. That was the rough stuff for me. Well, that's oh, probably how, how twisted I am because the, because <laughs> I actually enjoyed that thing. So, <clears throat> but I read it about ten years after it was popular. Yeah, I read Gravity last year. Maybe I should, you know, I try to read at least one actually difficult book every year. You know, so. You know, I gotta say, I really wasn't that fond of Gravity's Rainbow, Rainbow, but it, like I read it when I was in my in my teens, and so maybe it would grow on me. But yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, I know, I know, I I tried to read it once when I was younger, and it didn't really, yeah. I didn't really persist with it. But if you, if you kind of, if you do sort of, you know, accept that you're not going to know what's going on for the first hundred yeah. pages or so, 
um, and then you're so, and, and you're probably going to have to Google a lot for those first hundred pages. But like after about that time, you do you start to kind of vaguely work out what's happening, you know? <laughs> like um, I remember that I was not in the class. Like it was a sign in some class that I did not take, and the like four of my but my buddies who were in the class just sitting in the reading room of the dorm with the books just like it was like this really long intense experience for them and that was like 1993 so there were like I, there was no google so i wonder yeah wonder they were like Ugh. but that's i, I feel met because of that because it was like they they were ups like visibly upset about <laughs> having to read it like, and these were sort of—I called them the intellectifucks. They were part of like the intellectifucks of the, of the school. So, heavy, you know, like, Henshin and Umberto Eco was, and Calvino and all those people were. That's like yeah, Foucault's pendulum. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. You know, back back to David Foster Wallace. I think that his his essays are are probably the best stuff that he did. I, you know, if you if you haven't read Consider the Lobster yet, I think. Just go grab that and surprisingly he has a he's a great essay on descriptive versus proscriptive grammar and he actually makes it fascinating so you know and then, and then there's also his visit to the porn convention he has an essay about that too yeah i will read i will i will uh, if it if it's intelligible i'll read it Infinite Jest, I was like, why? What are we, why does it have to be a thousand? And I love drugs too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Consider the Lobster is really good. There's another one called an, Another Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again. Yeah, that's. Also pretty good. He goes on one of these cruises. And... Isn't there a bit in A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again? Like he has an essay on David Lynch in there. Uh, maybe, I don't, I don't really remember at this yeah. point. Sure, I saw that book referred to in this is really I used to when when you still could get like um fairly I don't know, you probably still can get these, probably not all moved online, but they used to be a Twin Peaks fanzine called Wrapped in Plastic. And I'm sure they mentioned a supposedly funny thing oh. I'll never do again in passing because there was some kind of essay in it about Lynch, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It could be. It could be a long time since i've read those i don't remember the details you know consider the lobster also had had one thing about you know the do the lobsters feel pain when you throw them in the hot water yeah. but do i remember that but the, you know there, there are more that i don't remember all of them well there we go yeah who wants to go next oh my god carolyn said she had new stuff and her cow book is coming out I saw on the online, I saw the picture of the cow, oh, no. and I was so happy. <laughs> cow is coming out, thank God. I'm doing, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, maybe, I think in spring it's going to come out, yeah. So that's exciting. Um, I, yeah, I haven't, uh, yeah, so I've got a couple of things. They're, they're really rough works in progress. Um, they're not about cows. Last year, last year was the year of the cow, right? So. It's done. It's finished. Mm. <laughs> we're, we're on the uh, tiger, aren't we? Tiger. Oh, <laughs> I, it's my year. I'm a tiger. Oh, nice. There you go. I, have to, I will find a link to show you something. Why does that not surprise me? I'm, I'm a snake, apparently. <laughs> I'm a tiger. A yard, 
John, my, door is, my door is a snake. My door for, is a snake. For John, just for John, the most amazing yarn bomb you've ever seen. In truly remarkable, very, very yeah. beautiful. Nice. Nice. But carry on with other things, please. It's going to take me a while. <laughs> so, shall I read a couple of they're really short? Um, I had a big, big clean out of my laptop and I found one thing and then I've also written a new thing. Um, so, let's see. I'll do. But the first one's called Savage. Okay. Um, I hope this is not in bad taste. I don't think it is. There's a, it, there's a slight cruelty to a frog in it. Okay. Um, Savage. It was late. I was scrolling on Twitter. I don't know what led me to the video. It was a supermarket. American, I think. Customer is picking up what looks like a frog, and he's taken the tongue of the frog between his teeth, and he's pulled it out and ripped the frog inside out. I press replay, watch again. I've tried to wipe it from my memory, but I can't. The frog didn't die quickly. Their insides ripped out from them, lay on the concrete floor, and continued to breathe, to pulsate, to squirm customer is smiling. The camera is rolling. It was heinous and cruel. I viscerally felt the pain of the frog, who took a long time to die, and then I had a thought. I thought, what if this was a nature program, and I was watching a lion tear the insides out of an antelope, the antelope still kicking and bucking as it's eaten alive? Would I have judged that savage animal in the same way I judged this savage human. And then I had another thought. And then I could think no more. Oh. Savage! <laughs> anyway, that's savage. I'm not sure. I know I've shared it. There we go. Um, and I'm going to do tick. tick. Tick's a little, little not quite so savage. Okay, tick. Moving on. Uh, let me get my screen bigger. Okay, tick. At first you thought it was a tick, but as you eased it out of Mr. Bopalopagus's neck, you noticed something different about its shape. You placed it on the single white tissue, as you always do post-tick or flea removal, and you could see then Quite clearly, it was in fact a teeny tiny pig, an itsy bitsy pink pig, the size of a flea or a tick. And no sooner had you pulled it out of your cat's flesh, it tried to walk away. Well, this was a game changer. And of course, you couldn't possibly crush it between your thumb and forefinger as you normally would with a flea. But you couldn't really release it into the wild. How would it survive? And besides, you thought, this might be the only micropig of its kind. So of course you had to keep it. Cradling its tiny teetering totters in the tissue, you tipped it into a jam jar and Googled, what do pigs eat? <laughs> That's it. 
there works in progress. There definitely works in progress. Which is the old one? I love I love the micro pig. <laughs> Which one was the old one? You said one of them was you mined it from oh, your... Savage. Savage was the oh, old really? And I don't remember writing it, and I found it, and I edited it. Yeah, and I don't know if I, and I don't know if I watched that video or not. I actually don't know, but I must have done. I don't know if it's real or not, but I don't want to check. <laughs> yeah, don't check. Oh, that poor frog. No. But um, I just, I, I think it does a bit of work. But yeah, it was, I mean, it is very horrible, but it's nasty enough. But I felt I wanted to explore that and how we do, you know, we can. We do all see horrible things on the internet, don't we? And then kind of have to live with it and process it somehow, so. Yeah. I hope, yeah. <laughs> I'm so I'm so sensitive. I can't even watch like war movies. I, Braveheart just killed me. I couldn't watch, like it's just just thinking about like people in real time like killing each other, like war movies and all that stuff. And I'm like, that really happened. It's just so hard for me to like wrap my brain around that people and that's happening right now. People are killing each other, and I'm just like ah, like I just can't even. Um, I don't know. No, I know what you mean. Because like when they, I mean they charge and they just they're like literally they just got like sharp things on the right? sticks, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like it's not going to be quick, is it? It's no. going to be. And my, my buddy's rewatching Game of Thrones and there was this one scene where it was like this crazy battle of men versus men and I'm like, I can't watch this. It's a, and I know it's fantasy. I know that that's not like real. But it, it, I can imagine it being that. And if somebody's imagining that, that means that we have this thing inside of ourselves that's savage. And like, why? I, yeah. Sorry, I'm a that's softie. That's so funny. This one who just came in, like, for about two hours, I kept going to look out the back window. And I don't know if it was a bird or a mouse that he had, but he was like, toward, I, every time I went to look out the window... Like it was maybe every 20 minutes he had moved whatever it was to another place and he was like and it was squeaking it was still alive mm -hmm. oh. I was like when are you gonna kill that thing and bring it upstairs like what are you doing but here i am like petting his belly <laughs> killer and anyone who's listening probably just be this is a cat we're talking about here. <laughs> we're not you know <laughs> just in case anyone sort of you know who? Look how into it he is. Look at this. Yeah, Aaron's boyfriend's at it again. I can off the imagery now. I keep finding like completely like dehydrated birds in my garden. Like they're light as they're light as a feather, but they're still got all their colors and feathers. So I'm like, how does that happen? I know the I know the cats. I mean, are they like, who's sucking all the juice out of the yeah. birds? It's cat, weird. <laughs> cat, cats will tend to kind of like play with corks. So usually you'll see yeah. this. Usually you'll see bits of birds lying around. I, I once got like a really, a really cool photo um, back where I used to live because I just found this random assortment of bird bones on the ground, oh, like wow. from like, like a, a really small bird, like a robin or something, you know, mm -hmm. um, and they were just like, They'd obviously be, been from some bird that had been left by a cat and had like decayed or something. Yeah. I, I'm assuming because the only other alternative is someone came out and you know arranged them that way, which 
seemed unlikely um if interesting but i just like um yeah there's, there's just something weird about um the savagery sorry, of cats yeah, I, I should point out i'm i'm slightly um <laughs> altered at the moment so uh yeah Woo well <laughs> everyone needs sense. to read read my article aaron you should post it in the chat the article that i uh found today that uh cannabinoids they found that they negate the covid virus um, oh right yeah oh well, that's a positive at least then uh my my buddy sent me the article and i i put it on facebook already but i think that facebook's trying to close its field because they don't want people to know that weed mm -hmm. makes corona go will not go away just not get it and all these people have been wondering how i've i, I test all the time and i've always been negative yeah. i've never gotten it and people are like how are where you're out you do comedy you're doing it's because i smoke more weed than anyone <laughs> than the average bear and um well apparently the apparently a lot of the anti-vax people are now um are now taking testosterone blockers to uh, prevent COVID, and you know, so so between the testosterone blockers and that, yeah, I, sh I should be okay. Actually, I feel I feel pretty confident. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I, I... <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so many things in that statement, AJ. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, since we were on the path of the morbid, I felt like because mine. Uh, like I have one new one and one like seriously revised one, um, but the new one is because was inspired by this documentary that was on the BBC a couple I think I don't know when it came on I watched it on iPlayer but it's about this like I don't know like serial killer seems a little fucking grandiose for somebody who only killed three people that we know of but whatever like it's like a <laughs> that's <laughs> like technically the amount you need is it I mean, really like it has to be three i mean i guess as an american like we're just like fuck three people fuck that like whatever but, but there has to be a gap like... if you kill three people at once that's just mass murder Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. But the weird I'm thing is, like, <laughs> the weird thing is, like, the um, the documentary actually mentions like the location of his last victim, and it happens to be the path. Well, not on the path, but like right along the path where I walk. This guy. Oh my god. Every night. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, and he's crawled down it, i mean per, per, he's crawled down like it's a raised bike path it used to be a railway and like i know like but it's so weird because there's also like a in the bike path there's like a dip in the pavement there that's always sort of full of water and it creates mist and so it's just about there that i always feel like god this this path has to be haunted and yeah. then i find out and then i find out from this like they're like oh it's like and so she was they found her body on earl street and i'm like oh my god you got to be kidding me because i know that the bike path runs along earl street and then he says the nothing the guy said the number 
And I look it up and it's that fucking exact spot. It's like within like 20 feet of that spot where I always am like, dude, like just like, but it's probably, and I always just assumed it because just assumed that I was thinking that because like there's the mist and the trees and like, I'm, and I'm like, I'm, I, I want to tap into that sort of romance like the early days of being in Scotland where I was romanticized. Like, Oh, I'm in Scotland and everything's smooth. Mm-hmm. And I'm always listening to the incredible string band, um, the hangman's beautiful daughter at like, usually at that point. So then anyways, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, well, fuck now. Like, so I went and took pictures of like exactly where that is. Um, I mean, I didn't go, I don't know if like, and, and then I, managed to end up talking to a new like a neighbor that I've never spoken to before and he about like he was like yeah I saw that too and I wonder if the people who like live there may be pissed off that they they, they, they said the address but I was like but those buildings look new they don't look like they do not yeah. look to me they don't look like they're they're old enough to have been like because the murder was in 1969 and but I but then I had some Glaswegian friends look at it as well as this neighbor and they were like no 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 those buildings have been there since then so that definitely is like the structure that she was like do you know what I mean so yeah. and then apparently like in the forensic evidence she was trying like it her hands and stuff it was like and the the wounds on her legs it was like she was trying to climb up the embankment to get to the railroad track like to get away from the guy. So like that's really kind of crazy too, because like he's I know he's run down that hill right there. Like it's possible he's retraced her steps. So that was really weird. Um. Anyways, so I went because like remember there's that like project that I was doing where I'm taking pictures of the neighborhood and like putting poems on top of it, like poem. Wait, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, like visual poems. So I have this, but I, I don't have I don't think I have like a like. I don't have a good enough picture to start like placing the text around yet. But anyways, like it's sort of more really a traditional poem so far. Okay, so it's called 95 Earl Street. What? I don't think that you should do that. Like verse numbers. If you number the verses, do you save one? Like that's another thing I was thinking about like today, like when I was looking at it. If you knew what I know about the conjuring powers of the incredible string band. You wouldn't play them in the witching hour, so close to the bramble where I crumbled the flesh on my fingers, trying to escape Bible John, Bible John. I tried to smear him with my menstrual blood and run off down the railway. Now the railway is a bike path and the tree branches arch there. No, not like a fucking cathedral, no. They meet overhead mangled. And yes, there's mist because there's because a dip in the path always gathers a puddle. Me and the cat, Roscoe, we walk around the puddle on the curbs made by the mud and grass, and there are trails in and out of those trees. We play hide and seek, innocent in our weaving. I don't see a ghost. I don't see ghosts. I only imagine this might be a good spot for it every single time. And the incredible string band always sings that the year is old and the trees whisper. And I keep saying there's got to be a ghost that haunts this path. Yes, maybe even wearing fucking black cherries for rings. 
That's the first one. And since we're going with more red, stealing some lines. It's weird because like all the weird thing is, is that I timed it. I've like actually during the day I went and timed it, and putting on the hangman's beautiful daughter as I leave the house. By the time I get to that spot, I'm on which the song called Witch's Hat, which is fucking crazy as well. Like there's a whole bunch of weird spooky shit around this. Like, but anyway, so that's gonna be a new piece that goes in like those postcard things, and then um, also. I have the seriously revised thinking and also open for any ideas for a new title, but the title as it is, is while listening to Steve Earle. Kick the clutch into second gear and yawn early morning thrills. Follow the gentle slope throttle down upper Newtonards. Have you taken the right fork in the road? Try not to get lost in the toy store. Cathedral quarter, zipping the wrong way, down one street, one-way streets, the grand buildings with their warehouse interiors polished, then brushed for faux wear and tear. It's all authentically inauthentic. We've reached that meta level. But Belfast is no tabula rasa. Its ground starts on the eighth floor to meet it, you understand. The floors be beneath the feet of every conversation contain sour smoke swirling, twirling PSD, PTSD ruminations round and round. And the next floor up, everybody has PK manifestations growling under each word and asbestos creeping microscopic shards accompany each, each utterance. So why not that meta level? Try not to get lost. Anyways, for now, Belfast looks like a great bowl, and it's serving good sky. No fog today, no guarded buzzing sun. This is proper wizened old man clouding. Keep your eyes on the road, girl. It's not full of kindly ex-lovers, benevolent and indulging. It only takes one jerk off to make to take. Wait, it only takes one jerk off turn to take you down, or worse, over. Weren't you happy mere seconds ago? Weren't you living for what seemed to be like the first time since San Francisco? Didn't it feel like the road and its rush hour were so smooth, so all part of the plan? Dress blues over Cave Hill, already swollen with the future's rains, feeling home. On this planet under the sun seems so easy when new love puddles in your chest like an internal gunshot wound. You know, you, you know how it feels like the muscle fibers are ripping, winsome, the blood, so cool, so cool. There's fuck all to do, but keep both wheels on the road and let it in. So that's the one that I need. Hey, Aaron. Yeah. I, I just, you know, there were a bunch of, there were just a bunch of cool phrases in there, and I think any of them would make a great title. Growling under each word, microscopic shards, uh, Cl old man clouding internal gunshot wounds and the last fuck call thing would would make a, <laughs> would, make a, would make a really great title. I'm trying to figure out whether I should save it because like Honest Ulsterman is accepting poems right now and I feel like they sort of enjoy when the poems are about Northern Ireland. Um, but uh, then there's a couple other places that are accepting, and I was kind of like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, it's one of the things, yeah. like, do I want to waste, do I want to waste the poem? Well, I feel like probably Honest Ulsterman doesn't think that they're, like, wasting poems. 
like they, but they don't pay. I don't know. Anyways, whatever. Like I just feel oh, like know, if, if they're your if they're your friends, you know, sometimes it's good to send them something really good, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, those are my two. Those are new shit. That like second one's way significantly reworked. So I think it counts as new. Like the revision is pretty big. I, like even the structure, it's all quatrains and blah blah blah. So anyways. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Bert. Beth, you want to go or you want me to go? Um, either way is fine. Uh, I have four things, and this first one, I hate the title. So, any if you have a title idea, it's real short. Uh, but it's it's after you're gone. I've been trying to break gravity. Stop dust's anchor, keep it floating. The memory of angels. Whispered questions of where you were when I woke up. The impression of your head, your gravity on my sheets. Face burned into the cloth, oh, face burned into the cloth shroud, my personal Turin. Eh. I think the Turin shroud is just too, like, it's a Jesus reference and it's, uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. That's the first one. Uh, okay. Uh, breaking gravity stopped us. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Uh, this also has no title. Maybe, I mean, maybe old boy. I don't know. Scratch the ground, old boy. The ferocious dirt. Make clay. I cannot sleep. Come. Mm, I can't. Oh, come now. Speak your tight words. I cannot hold them slippery in my sensitive ears. An inch is too much space. I need more skin. Pluck me from my bones. I will not sleep. Breathe into my unquiet. Yes, present your body with the moon. The field screams vibrant and final wind. Envelop my nights with violence. Be rude. Oh, oh, what is that? Send, uh, ascend the stairs. Uh, ascend the stairs like a silent child, sullen and without milk. I don't even know what that means anymore. <laughs> like that, yeah. <laughs> I really liked env envelop my light in my nights with violence. That was great. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, uh, an inch is too much is good. It's mm -hmm. it's uh it's cause I. I date children. Uh, no, every every <laughs> every community. I'm 47, right? And I'm like, and I it's I'm so old, and I and I feel like I'm a child, and I feel like everyone around me we're children too, but we're not. We're adults. It's just weird. Life is weird. Uh, I ad adulthood's overrated. Me, I maybe I spend too much time in bars. I don't know. Uh, it's just that's all a comedy and comedians are all you, you know the comedians are all like soulless monsters they're children uh, okay good uh, I think I should turn a, maybe the problem I'm having is I can't see okay, I have, uh, one. I'll do one more do you uh, let's see uh, which I'm gonna see which one is worse okay I think I think this one is worse this one needs more help if anyone wants to help it's called again titles I hate them this one's called carrion man the contemporary man lost laughter. He 
He is so serious, ignoring gravity and immediate danger. His preoccupation with personal problems, when he stinks of decadence and pus. Disassociation broken away from spirit and anarchy. Everything is a destination. Animals and hills, trees and rocks, beautiful women and voices. His inner vision understands nothing. Object is object. Disorder is form. Chaos is close. Inversions of all this. New conventions unbelievable. A new moral system of death. All right. I've been, I've been, I've been having some weird days, everybody. I've been having some hard time. I've, I've actually been really disassociated lately from like, like I've been walking and feeling like, I'll be like, how many, how did I just walk those blocks? What, like I completely leave my body sometimes. And I realize I do that on stage too. I never, when I perform really well, I never remember what I did because it's like a yeah. drug. It's like disassociation. And it's just, and I'm, ex and now I'm like lucidly sort of experiencing disassociation without ketamine, which is weird. And I'm like, did I do too much ketamine? But I haven't done ketamine in months. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Anyone else losing their mind? Woo. I never did fucking ketamine. Oh, it's, it's fun. Um, but, but now, now that I can, now that I've like actively feeling disassociation when it's happening, it's like, why do the drugs? <laughs> I can yeah, just, I'm just living it. <laughs> so, woo. Thank you for the free therapy, everyone. <laughs> well, I, th I think a new moral system of death is, is a really cool line to, to end a poem on. That's like, Mm -hmm. That's pretty final. That's <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, things have been really wacky in the city. I mean, I, the, I don't know what's going on with the whole COVID thing, but our mayor came out yesterday and she said, hey, everybody, we're going to have to live with COVID. I'm not shutting shit down. She's like, we're not going to shut it down. Yeah. We can't shut down businesses again. We can't do it. It just, everyone needs to get vaccinated. Everyone needs to get their booster shots. And now we're all fine. Because seriously, I have like, 15 people that I know that have tested positive in the past week and none of them have any symptoms, no symptoms. They just went into test just because they were being responsible and they're like, Oh right. crap, I've got it, but no symptoms. So I'm like, so what's the deal? I don't know. So I'm, it's I'm totally possible to have it and be asymptomatic. Right. But yeah. then it's like, because it's like I guess because it's like any other any other disease or whatever that you can carry, you can just be like putting it about. Well, that's like herpes. That's been, that's been my that's been my worry, and I'm I consistently test based for like asymptomatic testing. Yeah, because because the people that I work with, well, oh. two thirds of them are really vulnerable, right. and and my my dad is sick right now, so oh. um, being like extra careful about sure. extra carefulnessnessness. So, but I've been feeling lousy and and nothing. I'm just lousy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Last time that we had it, like, and I was kind of coughing. And I, I don't know if you all guys, everybody sort of thought I had it, but I thought I had it too. And it turns out it was actually literally just a cold. Like I got a PCR test back and then they gave me, um, because of that, I called, I switched GPs because after the concussion, like the GP was such a moron that I was like, so, but they gave me antibiotics and then 
all of my all the covid like symptoms went away my set my sense of smell came back so obviously it was actually a chest infection huh. but george got it like he tested positive for it christmas fucking day oh. and i had to like like legit like hightail it back to glasgow like i was like oh instead of like instead of spending christmas the way that we had um. thought like we were gonna do like i because i was like Okay, well, I'm not gonna hang around here, like. But he, it was like, but you know what? It was because all of the comedy kids went to some open mic, and they all like everybody got yeah. it. All the comedians got it. So like, but um, but he didn't have. He had like a runny nose and was really tired, and that was it. Yeah. He's like forty. But, it, but it's the thing That's the other thing is, it's like anything. What you, how bad, like how ill you are. Is all going to do with how you, much viral load you have, what your boost of what your protection is like. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you know that's my thing. My you know my dad is technically immune suppressed right now. My client, one of my clients is just old. Just as old. Just yeah, exactly. Old. You know she can't go far. She makes me howl laughter though. She's brilliant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and then the other one is just she can't move about very much and she can't go anywhere and so she's. You know, she's suppressed in the fact that she doesn't go. But we're our bodies are not used to colds and, and other stuff now, as, yes, as much I as we were that. a couple of years ago. The one, the flip side is, I haven't had many, mm -hmm. and I usually have them fairly regularly because I'm out and about walking, you know, being with people and that sort of thing. But I haven't had tonsillitis in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in a while. I haven't gotten which... sick. I usually get strep throat. I usually get strep throat at least once a year. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Why do I get strep throat? Once a year? But I haven't since COVID started. I haven't gotten anything. I had like, I had an absolutely horrendous bout just before. Or bronchitis. I get just before I get COVID. Sorry, go on. Terrified myself. I'd been feeling really poorly for days, and then one morning I was like up in the early hours of the morning, and you know when you have just like a blinding resolution, and you're like. Oh, <laughs> oh, <no>. oh. <laughs> it was like five in the morning and I couldn't do anything and I like, couldn't get to the doctors before eight. I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, so boring. <laughs> so poorly as well. So Pam, if you, do you, if you want to send, if like, you can send them to me and I'll look at them. Hell yeah! Want. Okay. Awesome. You said you said it yeah, say the same here, panel. Pam, I'll put my email uh, address in in the chat, and if you want to want me to cross some words out or something, I'll be glad to do that. Sweet. Yeah, it's hard. Uh, like editing my own work. I, it's, it's although beware, Bart knows what it looks like when I when I fucking workshop a poem. Like it, it gets a little crazy because okay. I actually scan it all and oh. i use like color -coded, i like color use color-coded pens for like the feet and like the the stresses and <laughs> yeah but it always feels appreciative you know when someone's really gone in it always feels like oh someone actually took care like you know someone actually took the care they're like what the fuck like you know but i i don't know i like the only the only real way i could approach like workshopping some a poem is to like kind of tear it apart rhythmically first and uh. then like i don't know why i just got into this habit 
I don't even remember. Must have been an undergrad when I started doing it. So it's like, it's the only I, the way I know how to do it. Do you know what I mean? Sure. So, yeah. I like that when you're in the room and there's always like a group of people and there's always like a few people who are just like throwing their arms around in the air and just like <laughs> going around scribbling all over it. And I think yeah, you're one of them. There's a few a few people in Kieran's class that are always like that. Oh right, right, right. Like in Kieran's class, yeah. That. Yeah, anyways. His was like one of the only classes that was worthwhile there. But anyway. Um so wait, Beth, have you not gone and Bart has not gone? Woohoo. Yeah, but yeah, Beth, you go. I forgot. Find them for the ones I want to read today and put on my phone. Um these are some of the newest new shit. I mean, now that I'm like teaching myself Adobe stuff, I should come up with like a big like new shit like animation that we can play when people say it, like a branded BPL. I've got a thing. I bought it because I went. I made these because I went to like some gigs that were uh, where everybody was muted for various reasons, and so I've got um, that one. Nice. <laughs> and then I've got that one. Right. Yes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Having them to just like randomly wave them at people and confuse them. <laughs> um, so this is actually uh, our Right Club theme piece from, uh, from Christmas, actually. Um, where Brian gave us the theme, uh, Things to Shovel. Get the soil moving. Ground yourself. Remember to make space for worms and beetles, things that move the ground around. Shovel snow. Clear the way. Remove danger. Make paths in the chill. Lay soft so no one else has to take the fall. Shovel grain. Make sustenance for passing pilgrims, growing energy and words to breathe. Plant in that earth. A harvest to sustain, seeds popping into life. Shovel coal. Burn the expectation that you should make heat for everyone and anyone who pays. Set the fire and ignite others, sharing warmth in dark places. Don't shovel food. Shovel yourself further down. Shovel chestnuts in someone else's path. Shovel only what is worth the weight of carrying. And then this is, <laughs> thank you. Uh, this one is um, what happens when uh, Tracy gives you three random words out of the dictionary on a Monday morning when there's just you and Anna, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody turned out, so um, Tracy had to be our student. <laughs> um, if uh, I'll be interested to know if you can guess what the three words were, just for funsies. Uh, so this is called manifest. He hunkers down. Winter sunlight reaches in, plucking her out of her gleam to bright, tree-lit walks. The year as yet sinless waits for the tread that will break its surface, the moor that will guzzle its assets, 
drain it of all joy. She walks, turning acorn, acorns into saplings with a turn of her wrist, green from the ground at the turn of her feet. She hunkers down, moulding life from paper and pen, burrowing softness into every corner, willing her footsteps lighter, her journey brightened by those she will meet. Those grace, knits kindness, summons better with a shaking hand. Well, now would be break time, I suppose. So we break. But if Bart's the only one left, we could just power through and then end early, no? Okay. Is that? Bart, how do you feel about that? Okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I only have one poem anyway. And it's not really anything um, I wrote recently, but it's one that I found a long time ago. And like, it's quite sassy. And you know, when you look back at your younger self and you're like, man, but I think, I think it kind of worked. And it wasn't at the time though, I, I think I just wrote it in like one, like, um, literally like one hour before, because I just moved to a city and I wanted to go to open mics and I'd never like been around open mics before. So I used to like finish my job at Wolverine when I first moved to, um, Belfast, no, we first moved to Bristol and just print stuff out and go down to the other mics on my street. But, um, but yeah, it's just so it's just like a thing I wrote, but I actually quite like it. So it's called Questions Alone in the Desert, not alone as in by myself, but alone because I had separated from the person I've been traveling with, my dad, and was therefore feeling a new sense of aloneness. It's great to ask questions, a woman called Sarah had said. You learn things, you see. Her voice had grinded and grated on me like the camels we'd all been sat on. The problem was we could see the answer to her questions before she'd even asked them. Why, why are all the goats hiding under the trees? My camel keeps moving towards that bush. Why is that? The leaves in my camel's mouth had stuck out, obviously. He chewed, twisted his head grumpily, and grunted, and no shit Sherlock, in camel language. I started to look first, to ask myself first, and found I could answer most of my questions myself. I didn't need to pest the people, and when I did open my mouth, I had more to contribute. When starting university, or new jobs, I felt this converted to show independence and intelligence. But although this improved my confidence, it didn't put an end to the questions or raise the feeling of aloneness. That these questions, even the ones we ask ourselves, seem to stem from. Her sister, a psychologist, had killed herself. She'd let that one slip. Once we stopped somewhere where you could stare out across bare sand as if it was empty space, she thought maybe her being so bright, her vigorous intelligence, something to do with it. That maybe keeping it all in your head wasn't a good thing. But 
She didn't know, neither did I. We were both feeling this absence of others that made us cast questions like spider silk. Me threading my thoughts into an inside web, a safety net that I could fall back on. While she used her questions to swing from answers, from answer to answer, enjoying the luxury of another's word. Both choosing not to look at the fragility of it all, our defenselessness from the swiping hand of another, or being washed away by the unpredictability of nature. But both spinning relentlessly past the blankness in our thoughts, past the emptiness, and bringing in the new. And that's, that's another one. Okay. I kind of make up for the kind of bitchiness at the beginning. <laughs> I wouldn't be like that now. But... <laughs> but yeah. How, see, so you're so young. How old were you there? Because you're saying a long yeah. time ago or whatever, and you're like, nah, you're maybe 24. How old are you? Huh? How old are you? Now? Yeah. I'm 28, and I was probably about 23 when I was. Oh, okay, okay. That's, you grew you know, up. That's a couple you years grew up ago. A lot. Sure, fair, yeah. fair, fair, fair. Maybe 22 or something. Yeah, you grow up from one side of the 20s to the other. It's <laughs> a, lot, a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Willie just came in. Willie, we were, um, we were just getting ready to go. Do you want to read and be our closer? We may or may not actually be there. Yeah, hi, I'm here. Hi. hi. Yeah. Um, well, you just finishing up, Ria? Yeah. We just well, all read some new shit, and then. Oh, well, I'll, I'll just read a couple. You can close out the show. Right, I'll do. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just sort of finding what I've got here. Yeah. Right. Um, I'll put my camera on. Why not? Hi, hello everybody. Um, yeah, um, first poem will be, uh, what does it mean? <laughs> what does it mean? Skull and crossbones, phallic scenes. Till Roy was here, God save the queen. Memes before the screens, memento mori. Mental genes are memes, pictures with text, virus alerts. Now everywhere means earworms of your dreams, but to be short, the readerly sort, would the alt-right sit through the night, normies getting along, evolving and spreading give thanks, LOL is dank, worst of all is the troll. Thank you. Um, I hate trolls. Uh, next, <laughs> <laughs> uh, next one is called Give It A Go. Give it a go. What is poetry for? To open a door? To explore? Experience poetry raw, straight from the maw. Words hard to find, so deep they bind. But words can be found to explore and expound flowers and fairs love and affairs the conscious stream of rap quantum is thought it transpires from naught poetry says in so many ways physical force mental resource thank you
Uh, next poem will be uh, uh, Anxiety. Anxiety. Thinking can't stop, even when not. Feel the beat. The beat of my heart. Confusion abounds, thinking not sound. I can feel the heat. Creeps up from my feet. Blood flowing around, I hear every sound. Can't sit down. Thoughts in my mind, all the same kind. Can't find the answers I need. Chest, it is tight. No panic and fright. No end in sight. No reason or rhyme. No trigger or sign. No breath, I take deep. Slumber and sleep. The dread of the next time. Thank you. Uh, next poem uh, will be um, Mirror, Signal, Maneuver. Mirror, Signal, Maneuver. Soup, squeeze, bang, blow. Soup, squeeze, bang, blow. Can you feel the power raw? Like fireworks in flight, flames they ignite. Now into gear, that's power you hear. Not to 60 in no time at all. Right up his arse, going terribly fast, without due care and attention. Corners you'll find are taken with slide, throttle twangs, props and bangs, adrenaline, a definite rush. Now blue lights behind, the driver declines and slips into a lower gear. Fear of being caught is the offender's lot as he makes a getaway clear. Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, truth decay. Truth decay. Can you hear it now, straight from their mouths? You can't say that, it's not true. Who said so? Said who? Now what can you do? Maybe it's true. Check the facts. Maybe they're lax. Who knows who? Do you? Thank you. And, uh, what else I've got? Uh, sorry, they've all got sorry, lost. Uh, morality. Morality. Is it your turn to judge? Whose turn to judge? Is it you? Who? Me? Think for a bit. Next time, who will be hit? Is it all right to sit? I want to be good. But if it's a matter of food, war is no good. Still sit and think when life's on the brink. Can you stand up or think the anonymous way? And I'll do one more uh, just to cheer everybody up. Um, it's called uh, Dead. Dead. I wonder what it'd be like to be dead. Will I still know the thoughts in my head? Will there be angels and virgins around? Just as the prophets of Abram expound. Nirvana, a place of infinite space or rebirth in some other form. But it's a total disaster if Satan is master. Thank you very much. Thank you. Close the show. Ben Bryan came in.
wonderful people that I missed because I fell asleep. Okay. Bear with me. Oh, I pull up. Just had it right here. Where was it? Oh, yes, this is it. Okay. So, the first poem is called Incarnations of Beaches. When I walk the beach, apparitions of my former self often walk with me. Five-year-old me fills his hands with sandy mud and lets it escape through his fingers. Seven-year-old me draws a crooked line through wet sand with his big toe. He walks at tide's edge. Warm Gulf of Mexico water rushes over his feet. Eight-year-old me writes his name in the same sand, the same big toe. Ten-year-old me plays frisbee with his brothers who catch it every time. He doesn't stop smiling, despite that he rarely catches the frisbee himself. Teenage me ponders jumping off the Alabama Point Bridge because so many other people say they've done it. Twenty-one-year-old me who bikes 20 miles a day, four days a week, refuses to remove his trunks at a California nude beach. Twenty-five-year-old me walks alone on a winter day and marvels at stark gray winter guy against white sand and turquoise water. He laughed at a joke his father once told him he can't stop laughing because no one could tell a joke like dad. One month prior, he had recited Kaddish as he tossed fresh dirt atop a wooden casket with shiny brass rails. And another year, he will place a rock upon his father's gravestone. A 44-year-old me draws a long straight line through wet sand with his big toe. Uh, hello. Can you, Sam? I muted Sam. Go on. Forty-four-year-old me draws a straight line through wet sand with his big toe. He walks at tide's edge. Cold Atlantic water rushes over his feet. He wonders why he hasn't been to a beach in three years. The next poem is called Respiration Tonka. Maybe if I just decide to let myself breathe instead of holding my breath for no reason at all, I can breathe easily. Finally, this is called Ra Ra Ra. Why pillows? Why are pillows so damn expensive? Before I go to bed, I anoint my pillow with green olive oil and fennel seed powder in service to the sun god Ra, and hope my soul does not get flooded with unprecipitated precipitation. I wrap the anointed pillow tightly in silk as if it were a mummy. I buy ties and scarves from Goodwill stores and garage sales so I can afford the silk. After I awake, the pillow must be excised from existence with fire stoked by cedar wood so my soul can be cleansed by the sun. I can only afford to do this once or twice per month, maybe thrice if I win a little money in the lottery. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. And I see Ron is here. Hello. Hello. I keep having say I keep saying somebody's gonna close out the show and then somebody else. Comes <laughs> <in>. <laughs> yeah, which is really Take us home, Ron. Yeah, all right. I I've I've just got this pamphlet just new out. Oh, week. well done, congratulations. And I'm I'll read you the last poem 
in the book, which is probably a good closing one. It's called While Housebound in Upstairs Flats. At night, when there's been rain, water puddles in potholed asphalt of the car park across the road. A ragged pool reflects streetlights. A glimmering silvered eye looks up, performs a magic lantern show, the opening to another world, a glorious shining chasm below. Peering down between curtains, I marvel, try to take photos, feel touched by the deep. We get our magic where we can. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, thank you for coming to CPCL January's version. Wait, February's version is gonna be February 9th. So, like, put it on your calendars now. My birthday is the Friday before that, so we'll count that. So it'll be my birthday show. Cool. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what that means. We'll see what kind of mood I'm in. Uh, uh -huh. You won't be jumping. Are you going to be jumping out of a cake? No, I don't know how I would manage that. Well, you maybe you can ride up on your motorcycle. I probably could do that, actually. Oh, like, or you could ride your motorcycle over a cake. I have. Done... <laughs> 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 Only if he is, is that allowed by the terms of service, or is that like or... someone's face? Or Pam I, have could discovered, I have discovered that my laptop works outside in the front of my apartment. So then there's that's where the parking lot is, where my motorcycle is kept. So it is possible that I could set it up so I could do the whole show while sitting on the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Pam, could you break a motorcycle in the shape of a cake? Uh, maybe. Or, 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 or that's more Pam. That's cake. that's Pam's jam, man. Like I can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a. I cook. I can like cook up some. Yeah, like, but I do I, not bake. It's I, like are you do the two-stroke frosting or the four-stroke frosting? <laughs> that's that's kind of the, exactly. Well, Pam makes special frosting. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> Is that right, Pam. <laughs> She's gesturing. Well, I'm, she's, not, uh, she's muted. No, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play an old uh, TPCL from this time last year. And yeah, so we'll be back um, next yeah, I don't know. next we'll month. See yeah, what happens during that time? It's Andy's birthday. Like, but anyways, whatever. Um, February 9th. Although February 9th is a very dangerous date, I believe it's Sarah Palin's birthday. So maybe we'll do something about like psychotic Aquarians. Next because like. I am wearing pants today, absolutely. Hey. Welcome, radio listening audience. It is high noon here in San Francisco. It's 8 o'clock over there in Glasgow, Scotland. We are getting ready right now for the Choose Poetry, Choose Life. Awesome reading that happens every other week on Zoom but live here through mutinyradio.fm in .sf. I'm Pam Benjamin. I'm here with Erin Gannon. She's going to be live in a second. I'm going to plug everybody in. But until then, before the, the beautiful dulcet tones of all of my friends from the other side of the pond, uh, give us their wonderful work.
Um, I'm excited. I always, I'm, I just, I love poetry so much. It's always a joy to be here and to hear everybody's work and uh, for people to express themselves in these crazy COVID times. And wow, I would write a poem about storming the Capitol, but it's just too easy. It's shooting fish in a barrel at this point. It's more of a joke than a, than a poem. The, the, the fall of democracy. The, it's like, ah, look at America fall apart. I mean the United States, because America technically is South America and North America, so it sort of is pretentious of me to say, America. All right, we're going to be right back with poetry here. Choose poetry, choose life. From Glasgow, Scotland, Aaron Gannon, Pam Benjamin. Andy Talbot's out today. We miss him already. We'll be right back. Yay! staying liquid from your eyes and realize you don't know your line. How you got here and what led to the woman's outburst remain a mystery. How do you know her name? You stall for time watching all the while for some dream. This is the last time you'll make a fool out of me. Harriet removes a nickel-plated pistol from her purse and aims it your face. The nine millimeter automatic is small enough to fit her tiny hand, but its barrel looms cavernous with doom. Is there some kind of script to follow or should you ad lib? You turn to where the prompter should be, but your senses can no more pierce the realm beyond this stage of space and time than the twinkle of a firefly on an August night and penetrate the methane clouds that cloak Saturn's moons in perpetual darkness. The playwright, director, theater owner, audience, entrances and exits remain unknown. Only your death, imminent or remote, is certain. And one more, this is called Future World. Few patrons come to the theme park those who do snicker at Kim's spandex bodysuit and aluminum miniskirt. Oh, sure, the jetpack and radio-controlled dogs still captivate the little boys, but even they rush out of the geodesic dome when they hear the Geiger counter ticking by the nuclear locomotive. It's not like the glory days. Attendance at the skids after I totaled the flying car. You can still see the dent it made on the satellite dish. Good thing Kim was safe in the underground lab. The home of tomorrow's been an embarrassment ever since the robot maid's plutonium battery went dead. You can't replace them anymore without a truckload of paperwork. Makes me hot under my Nehru collar. Kim won't clean, says she's too busy with law school, and I spend most of my time chasing donations to reopen the Pan Am moon base. Is it any wonder that last, the last tour group found spider webs between spherical chair and microphone? Sometimes I think I should let Taco Bell buy me out and spend the rest of my life playing miniature golf, but it's hard to abandon my dream. Oh well, 
I've got to teach the Univac his language now. Pull the control rods out of the reactor to heat up the energy bars. Kim hates it. Thank you. Good. And uh, if you haven't had enough of me, uh, I have two poetry features coming up. One of them tonight and the next one uh, on next Tuesday. I'll post a link in the chat. And next on the currently being proposed list is Lisa. So Lisa, hello. Um, thank you so much for having me and great reading, John. Thank you for that. Um, it was really beautiful. Um, so I have three short poems tonight. Um, the first one is a villanelle that isn't really titled, but the epigraph is, it's a COVID villanelle. Um, the epigraph is, I once had a bird, his name was Enza, I opened the window, and influenza. So here's the, um, I can feel summer light slip, prick love through a sieve, pandemic tapes grip, burnout, I snuffed out candles drip of thick hot wax, I grieve the eve, I can't feel summer light. Flip into and out of the known script. It's the way we're per perceived. Pandemic keeps a tight grip on us and the plans we cancel. This trip is cruel. Capitalism remains unforgiven. I can't feel summer light. Flips through your mask. I hear your qu quick quips. By your laughter, my tensions relieved. Pandemic keeps a tight grip, like your fingertips. Together we twirl and dip. Our dance is infinite. Up your sleeve, I can feel summer lights. As we slip, pandemic keeps a tight grip. Um, the next poem I wrote is um, about my French press. It's actually a love sonnet to my French press that I got over Christmas. Um, so yeah, this is, um, French press sonnets. If God were real and made in our perfectly flawed image, they would have said, let there be coffee. Brewed in a French press, impatient, we waited in the kitchen after four minutes to sleep. The universe, so tinny at the time, a pinprick, fills with the scent of the fresh ground, the beans. Our clay is made of these used remains. We are only then awake and molded after them, jittery. We are thrust into light. Um, and my last poem is a draft that I'm working on. It's a huzzle, which is an Arabic form. Um, and my huzzle is titled, A Huzzle That Wishes to Bloom. On a prickly cactus, Something pink can bloom. Who, where, or when gives permission to bloom? Gruesomeness that's allowed. The finale crescendos. You were a staccato bloom. Plucked me in a vase. Naive. Nothing is kept like me on the hot stove to bloom. New England, I stayed awake for you. 
I would have bled dry for you, wasted bloom. A mushroom cloud, the flies plague the bedroom, the night can't bloom. There was never a fire inside us. Your petals turned a leathery bloom in my mouth, a, cho a choked cough too soon. I found my own place to plant and bloom. Thomason joy could be out of reach, but get your hands in the dirt, try to bloom. Um, thank you so much. Again, my name is Lisa Krofchak. I can be found on Instagram. Um, and I actually have um, a poem forthcoming in Intangible Magazine and um, in, in parentheses. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for coming. Um, type your uh, Insta and the two publications in the chat so people can check it out. Um, and I'm sure also probably look about how to submit to those publications as we all. <laughs> oh, you're published there? Let me write it down. Um, okay, so the next person that we have on our list is Ken Cumberledge. Hi, Ken. Hi there. Hi, everybody. Um, yeah, um, this um, first poem I'm going to read kind of fits the way the weather is, at least here in the UK. Um, this was written on a very deeply frosted night with a clear, cloudless sky, the kind of night when you think that nothing is alive in nature. It isn't true. This is called Night Watch. Slow of pulse and steady purpose in the darknesses behind stark moonlit sheds, the lee of mossy walls, in stealths of ground mist, corded wood stores, eaves of hoarfrost crystalled roofs, antennae tuned alive at every sense to the parentheses that breathe between chill owl hoot, harsh stricken vixen call, lie Overt all, the overlooked, unreckoned with, unshown, keeping winter's night watch that you might stand as you do now, stamping, coughing, blowing on your hands, and think yourself alone. Thank you. Um, second poem is, uh, yeah. Recently, I had the misfortune of encountering on Zoom somebody who rubbed me up the wrong way, in a big way. You'll see why when you hear this poem, which is me venting my frustration and anger. It's called Getting It. That's it. I'm going to have to buy a goat. Just so next time I can hand it over at the outset. Say, goat, here you go. I might as well, you'll end up with it anyway, as your kind always do. It's like you've got an automatic right to it, this goat of mine, so my goat's what you get. And if you hadn't noticed, well, why would you? It's not just me feels this way. I'm not alone. Think I'm kidding? Wanna bet? I lay odds you own a drove of goats by now, vast paddocks brimming with the horny spawn of Capricorn. Makes sense. You look the type. I've got previous, you see, with overhearty, slick, entitled uber tossers of your stripe. You for whom there is no room, no social space, you don't assume is yours the moment you arrive. 
no gathering, you can't dominate, no conversation you won't wrest control of, commandeer without a second thought and steer into the tight discursive narrows you prefer to navigate, where you can hold forth, prate, pontificate, serenely unaware that everybody else around you reached the limit of endurance 15 seconds after you began to speak. You're a sponge, a void, parasite, a fucking incubus. Now, pardon me, I'm off to goats or us. Thank you, everybody. If we have a second round, I've got a couple more. Cheers. I'm sorry. I, I always forget to unmute myself. Thanks, Ken. Wait, am I muted or am I unmuted? It's telling me I'm muted. You're unmuted. I can hear you. Like the sun. It's like right. Okay. Hi. Um, we are moving on to Holly Jackson. Um, she's got to leave early, so Holly. Hello. Hi. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? Cool. Good. good. Um, I just have one piece tonight. Yes, unfortunately, I have to leave early because I have to be up for work at stupid o'clock in the morning. Um, so um, I don't want to explain this piece too much because I think it'll give give away the ending. So um, I'll just say that I wrote it yesterday um, in response to something that someone I know shared on Facebook, which had a phrase in it that I absolutely hate. And that phrase is, we're all in the same boat. So I wrote this um, and it's it's not a poem it's um it's a short fiction I suppose you could call it a prose poem if you wanted to and it's called uh, The Same Boat. Once upon a time there was a great storm over the sea it rolled in slowly the horizon darkened gradually some boats noticed the approaching clouds and put down anchor they called to the surrounding vessels attempting to warn them of the potential danger but many couldn't hear some of the larger ships called out across the ocean, telling those around them not to worry, that the danger was too far away to be of concern. Many of the smaller boats, trusting in the ship captains to keep them safe, chose to ignore the clouds, even as they got closer, even as the sky darkened and the rain began to fall. It wasn't too long before the rain was falling heavy, blocking the dark sky and battering the many boats drifting on the water. The captain of the largest ship called out to the others. He assured them all that, sorry, he assured them that all was well. That if they all stayed calm, the storm would pass soon. But the great storm did not pass. It only got worse. Strong winds and crashing waves rocked the smaller boats to and fro on the water like matchboxes. Thunder rolled across the sky. And as flashes of lightning illuminated the ocean, the true chaos of the great storm could be seen more clearly. Torrential rain hammered down. Those in the smaller boats frantically tried to use buckets to bail out the rising water. The people in the larger, more lavish vessels rolled out vast canvases to shield themselves and their ships from the storm. Some whole families huddled together on rafts, held on to each other for dear life. All the while, many people from boats all across the sea left it be known that they were not concerned about the storm, that they would not be kowtowed into living in fear, huddled together on their respective vessels. They dived into the sea, swimming defiantly against the current, 
splashing jovially, seemingly blind to the storm that raged all around them. Many other vessels, swerving in an attempt to avoid hitting the idiotic sea revelers, capsized, <laughs> sending their luckless passengers into the thrashing sea. Before the great storm was to pass, many lives would be lost, though many more from the humblest vessels, less protected from the raging storm. As people's fear and desperation grew, they called out to the largest ship's captain, pleading vainly for aid. The captain, secure in his almost invulnerable ship, called out through the great storm to reassure his frightened people. Fear not, he smiled encouragingly, for though the storm may be tempestuous, we are all in the same boat. <laughs> that was awesome! Thank you. That's me for tonight. That was killer, Holly. Wow. Thank you so wow. much, Holly. Wow. Everybody's jealous of your sweater. Wow. <laughs> I'm Thank jealous you. Of this her is my, my house is freezing because it's old and the heating's crap. Jumper, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that was the best COVID poem I think I've heard yet. I loved, I love, love, love the overarching metaphor, and you were so spot on. I, I totally dig that. That was amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Pam. That means a lot. Next up, we have Beth Hartley. Hotly, uh, there we go. Oh my! Bam! You're on stage. Ah. I wonder. Um, like, I, is there some? Oh shit! Must have some sort of thing where you can make a sizes, ah. right? Like. Well, like what? Like a curtain that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like special effects. <laughs> yeah. oh. She's a witch. Anyway, I'll be I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I'm in a massive blanket. <laughs> it's really cold. Um. Yeah. No. Well, I've got new shit I'm working on, but I'm not ready to read it yet. So, um, some old shit instead. Sorry, this one says 2017, but it just about sums up how I'm feeling tonight. Um, many years ago, in my previous phase of poetry, I wrote a poem called "The Little Night Muse," and then, <laughs> and then, so this is called "A Little Night Muse Too." Some days I'm not a poet. Some days I am a fish matching, garden designing, heap of sticky insecurity hiding out, playing games. Some days I am not a writer. My art words are clunky, not so funky, mostly junky. I blow words everywhere, but on a page. Sometimes the prose falls apart. Sometimes the lines won't rhyme. Sometimes I cannot make anything that captures what's inside. And then there are the nights when this disrespecting muse, it slides a line into my semi-conscious gauge, then I am bed falling, pen grabbing, tumble scrawling, paper stabbing, gathering up the things I find into this. Where I am something even I can marvel at. I do not comprehend. Simply thank my silent friends as they slip once more out the door. Um. 
We're very far away from people. Quite hard at the moment. Um, I just, yeah, I want to see my mum. My dad is not so well, and I love my family, but I'd quite like to see somebody else. <laughs> um, and and so I've been thinking a lot about the people that I'm far away from, and how difficult it is to hold on to to your faith in your relationship. I have a, a friend who always signs his emails keep the faith and he has done for like oh 35 years i think probably 30 years certainly this is called avadar i'm michael spiegelman and i am carl not spiegelman we're hosts of Follow us on podcast by with our acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you, and you listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Yeah, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, or if you're Carl, 5%. Right, I'm so lazy. Three hours later, I finally get to the show, 5 p.m. Let's hear the theme song. Oh, let's watch full-length movies. Let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See you next month. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Since 1971, the San Francisco Tenants Union has been fighting for the rights of tenants and for the preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Starting from the struggle for rent control in the 1970s, the Tenants Union has been the city's leading advocate for tenants. The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. 
It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax-deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Black, black, plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Saturday. Noon to two. Every Saturday. All music, all night, all day. The ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out ACLUNC.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives to smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> Four ninety nine. 
or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm My name is Breakfast. And I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you pms at the mutant radius <laughs> You guys are listening to the Ultacast here on MutinyRadio.fm. It's Wednesday. It's high noon. I am high because I just had a big sip, about a half a bottle of the Alta California Botanicals Anxiety Tincture. I am feeling no anxiety whatsoever about the show today. Uh... About anything, really. Thanks, Alta California Botanicals. I am joined by my co-host, LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth Wynn. Good morning. I mean, afternoon. Yeah. High noon.